여기 쓰시고 다닌다는 거. 내가 얘기 다 듣고 있어. 내가 아정이한테 피를 맺히는 거야. 진짜 그게 다야? To say the least. To say the least. As always, with me is my co-host and friend, Josh Page. Thank you, Stephen, for another marvelous introduction. You're a wonderful, kind human being. Uh, yes, mother without exclamation point. Uh, this was a mother of a film indeed. Oh, it really was. This really was a, something. This is a heavy film, man. Um, yeah, I'm very glad i had not as as similar to the last couple we've seen we've talked about i'm glad that i have had not seen this before so this is gonna be a fresh take it's always interesting because um we've been doing this for a, a while now and there's always that film in a director's filmography that i feel like is the quote-unquote bastard child I felt the same way. This is and this is this movie is not talked about much by people, but what a fucking whopper! It's a it's a whopper with G's, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> it is the it is a hundred percent Darjeeling. Darjeeling ran Ho, through my mind, and it is the um, insomnia shit, insomnia of Bong Joon Ho. I'm like, I'm I'm literally watching this, and obviously we'll get into it, but I'm watching this like an hour through. I'm like, how are more people not talking about this movie? Um, right. I, will, <laughs> this is a. I don't want to oversell it, but this was arguably Bong Joon Ho's most beautifully shot film. Um right from the opening scene i mean obviously once we get into the breakdown we can talk about it but right from the opening scene i was like "Ooh, this is gonna be special <laughs> yeah this is one time the wheat fields didn't annoy me so yep. you know i'm a man who doesn't care for wheat fields but this this time it was good <laughs> i was very open to the wheat fields this time you know it was very inviting oh uh, man really inviting and um, rigorous and invigorating and lots of lots of big words come to mind when I see that wheat field but we're gonna get into all of it <laughs> I think it's because she was dancing in front of the wheat field and not putting her hand through the fields and like maximusing you know exactly where my mind like went everyone else does yep. in those fucking movies you know and I'll continue to say it throughout until we finish Bong Joon-ho or until we get into more foreign directors but I just love how non-american it is it's very um, it's very unique in its own way. Where if if American if many American American filmmakers attempted to put on the kind of imagery and showmanship that even just Bong Joon Ho does, I feel like it could come off as kind of silly sometimes. Yeah, but this kind this movie kind of felt to me like you know how Bong Joon Ho likes to mine from certain people. Yeah, 
I have no record of this, none whatsoever. I'm just speculating, but I feel like he was like stealing some of Paul Thomas Anderson's magic for this one. I could see that. I it mean, had like a PTA kind of vibe to it. Yeah. Um, there's a non, well, yeah, there's a non conventional kind of way of just exploring, I don't know, sad people in big, beautiful landscapes and. Uh, kind of well, just dr- dragged him through the mud a little bit, I guess. This is we can uh, transition the conversation to production, post-production, because what uh, certain information I found kind of backs up what you were saying. The aspect ratio of this movie was actually two point three five to one, which I, I know that I, people aren't going to be able to see my hand motions, but no, yeah, yeah, for. Typically, for for, for uh, in dummy speak, that means in dummy speak, that means it has a very <laughs> wide aspect. The screen say, is yeah. very wide. Usually, when you see a movie, it is one point eight five or one point six six. Like that's usually the general aspect ratio. But the wideness was it's meant for uh, more landscapes and big scenery. The two point three five, so. He, Bong Joon-ho used this for filming the entire movie. And he did this to keep the characters at a distance. He doesn't Uh want you like really understanding the characters. That's good. So you were talking about just like the general bigness of this movie. It does feel Because it's literally shot on a wide, big lens. Um, That's very interesting you say that because like, and I'll bring it up again, just for those who don't listen to every episode, it's like, as I felt with Wes Anderson, it's kind of like I feel similar with Bong, where it's like he's just trying to one-up himself kind of in terms of scale, uh, not necessarily a story or anything like that, or but it's just he's just really kind of trying to go bigger. And it really feels like from Barking Dogs to Memories of Murder to The Host to this, and even The Host was a big jump because that really felt like it was, t- you know, it's a monster movie. But then to go even bigger, this kind of felt like, even though there were only so many remote locations, it felt like the just the camera work alone, I literally feel like he's peering back just further with every movie he does. Well, this, you know, one jump to the next, what we've seen thus far has been like pretty big, but this is the widest swing of them all. Mm-hmm. To go from a monster movie to this. Yeah. And we were talking about it last week a little bit, how after the host came out, everyone was offering him monster movies. Everyone was like, come on, shoot my monster movie. And... <laughs> This is what he came to, you know, after that movie. Because this is him stamping himself saying, like, don't try and box me in. I can yeah. do literally anything you want. It's amazing. I mean, it because in terms of storytelling, you'd think that, like, a filmmaker wants to get bigger and better and, like, wider. So it's funny because in terms of the scale, story-wise... In the progression that you and I have been doing this journey and the progression of his filmography, it feels like Mother naturally should have been maybe second. Maybe it should have been right after Barking Dogs. You know what I mean? Like in terms mm-hmm. of its story, because it's really a, a story about only what, I don't know, two I or three like key this characters. Is the brother or sister or mother movie <laughs> to um, Memories of a Murder. Like this should yep. be right after Memories of a Murder, but there's that host in between where that's you're just like 
what a wild swing. That's the point I'm, I'm making because it's kind of weird because like the way the filmography is progressing is this, and we'll obviously get into it, but this is very, very reminiscent of Memories and of Murder. I know for a fact, like already, I can predict next week's conversation because I already watched Snowpiercer. Uh, but we're going to talk about the exact same thing next week because Snowpiercer <laughs> is a completely another different swing where you're just like, what? the fuck this guy can literally film anything <laughs> that's what i love about what he's doing is because he's it's almost like he's got giant ideas in his pocket and then like i can almost see journalists or critics or ever like like drooling in front of him like all right what's the next big thing and he's like hold on i'm gonna give you whatever i'll give you my 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 big pita movie uh my big adventure pita movie or i'll, I'll give you my big post-apocalyptic snow action movie but let me just tell you first about this uh, story of a distraught mother and her and her child or whatever. You know what I mean? Like he's got these like little. What, may, what I think makes Bong Joon-ho so amazing is a lot of directors try their hardest. Like let's take Tarantino, for example. They try their hardest as their work progresses to keep their movies like their movies. Mm -hmm. Where part of Bong Joon-ho's autorism is like, one aspect of what makes him an auteur is the fact that he changes genres every single time. We were saying that last week. Yeah, he's, you can't even put his movies in the same, all in the same genre category. And that's where the, that's why the genre bend uh, for the awards is so fitting because yes. he's, it, he does every, he does everything. So let's keep going in the production stuff. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's enough wanking, right? You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Bong Joon-ho wrote the film for Kim Hee-jo, who is the woman who plays mother in this movie. He said if she had said no, the movie wouldn't have been made. Interesting. Yeah, Hee-jo is actually a big actress in Korea. We wouldn't really know that, but she plays a lot of mother characters in Korean cinema. Like, the equivalency is probably like Tom Hanks being the father of America. Sure. She's like the mother of Korea. Kim Haija, or is that how you're talking about Kim? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, um, I mean, the top, I mean, well, the, they, one of the top notes is she's the chief inspiration because he met her frequently over the development of the script to make sure that it suited her skills. So it's like, it's very interesting that he chose an actor in mind first. I'm sure he had the story, but he, he kind of did it around her. You and know? her, yeah. He wanted to show her in a new light is what he was saying. Like, the mothers that she had been playing were very loving and they loved their children, but Bong Joon-ho wanted to turn the love on its head where love becomes an obsession. And that's kind of what he did here because that the love between mother and son in this one is uh, a little too close sometimes. It's really something. Just to go off what, I was, what we were saying before about the order of these films, Yep. He originally conceived the idea for Mother before he had made the host. His, uh, he wrote his first synopsis in 2004, which is right around the time he met the main actress for the first time. That's funny. So he, so he must have had this ready to go, but, um, you know, like we said, you know, being where it is in the filmographies. Yeah, well, the unique. host was probably a good move for him, you know, to build credit because it was such a huge success at the box office. Mm -hmm. It probably also gave him a lot more money to be able to get the kind of cameras and the... Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, you need yeah, yeah. that clout behind you to get what you want made. Looking, I really don't have too many notes. 
Mm-hmm. The only other note that I have is that there's a big emphasis on the eyes in this movie. I did Bong, notice that. Yeah, Bong said that the eyes tell the whole story in this movie. So a lot of the times we see characters in profile mm-hmm. because we're only getting half the truth. Um, which is really interesting. And we'll cross the bridge when we go over the plot synopsis, but it's like even the scene where he's, uh, the son is covering half of his face. Yep. You know what I mean? It's like, it's going to bring that up right now. Yeah. It's very poignant, you know? Well, when he comes out, he's literally covering half his face uh, or his eye with his hand. And when he lowers his hand, his eye is beat up. So in Mm -hmm. a way he's seeing a distorted version of the truth. It's like really well done. Absolutely. That's the, you know, that's a very interesting take. Cause I was thinking that watching it, like, especially, and again, we'll, get there when we go over the plot but even the close-up of the mother's eye when she's in the closet in that one scene mm-hmm. they focus so much and it's it's a very very close-up shot of her eye you know what i mean and it's just very like i get yeah. it like she's she's she stole like, that right out of psycho though that's it, oh oh yeah i guess he did but oh come on give it, everyone steals from everyone isn't that a quote from somewhere yeah yeah no it's just <laughs> funny because i uh i said in the beginning when we were talking about dogs that Psycho was the movie that made him want to become a uh, director. That's right. So now he's literally copying Psycho. He clearly loves murder in some way or another. Murder most foul. Which uh, is funny because, uh, another note here, because of the phonetic differences between <laughs> another English Another note and... here, Bong Joon-ho loves to murder. Another note here, actually, IMDb says that Bong Joon-ho loves murder. That's really just it's his I don't know. favorite. Murder is his favorite more than most things. Uh, murder, you know, he loves his family. He loves walks in the park. He doesn't love dogs, but he loves murder. Uh, but because of the phonetic differences between English and Korean, both the words both mother and murder are spelled the same when translated to Korean characters. Therefore, the mother title, therefore, the movie title, Madeo, is a play on this similarity, suggesting the words both mother and murder. That just blew my mind. It's blew my mind. That takes me back to like memento days, you know, because there were so many meanings to the word memento. Yeah, no, it's good. He's, God, he knows what he's doing. Man, I get battle scars just thinking about Nolan. I'm just, whoo, getting cut the shakes. All right, so you ready to jump into the plot? Yeah, I'd say that's coming. The film opens with Mother, played by Kim Hyja. I think it's Kim Hyja. I don't know. Oh, as always, disclaimer, Stephen and I will be butchering the Korean language. Just Uh, massacring it. But we're going to do our very best to try and show some respect. (laughs) So all viewer discretion advised, audio discretion advised. um... (laughs) Audio discretion advised. (laughs) Hulu. I'm going to be hearing that for the rest of my life. Um, the film opens with mother, Kim Haija, walking around a wheat field. She begins to dance and stares into the camera. We can like talk about because we were alluding yeah. to it earlier, just how yeah. great of an opening that was. I knew right from the get-go, I was like, this is special. Because what made it so brilliant were her just like numb expressions She's doing say. this dance, and you would think it would be like a fun 
kind of thing, but her face is just so numb. Like you can't read what she's doing. And then there are times she puts her hands over her eyes and she smiles. Yeah. And then she puts her hands over her lips and she like seems dead eyed. And you're yeah. like looking around and going, you can't read this girl. There's, like, some, there's some pain behind those eyes. Yeah. Um, there's a, no, it reminded me of like almost like the beginning of a play. Um, or even like a book, like a prologue. Like it's just, it felt like, hey, like in in our own interpretive way or artistic way, here's how we're going to introduce the story. You don't need it, but at the same time, it says so much, you know? Yeah. It sets up a lot, so. Cut to mother, cutting the wheat up in her shop. Though she is cutting up the wheat, she is fixated on her son, Yoon Do Jun, played by Won Bin, who is playing with a dog just across the street. Notable dog. <laughs> Tensions rise as the splicer gets closer to Mother's finger. As she chops down, a car hits Dojun. Mother, mother a twist. Really, I, I was watching this. I was like, okay, you know, something's gonna get dark eventually. And boom! I was like, did not expect it to open like this. Hit by a fucking car. Mother tries to help her son, but he runs away and gets into his friend's car. Uh, Jin Tae, played by Jin Gu. They drive to a golf course and are looking for a specific bends. Once they find Jin Tae kicks off the side mirror. Notable, another, another notable, notable drop Bong kick. Ho drop kick. <laughs> Loves those drop kicks. So I was like, I, I've seen these before. It really is the sister movie or mother movie of Memories of Murder in that sense. I think he's done it in every movie except for dogs. The drop right kick. Now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm just going to constantly be looking out for it. As soon as he uh, kicked off the mirror, I was like, yep. Spoiler for next week. There's one of those in <laughs> in Snowpiercer. But there are also fight scenes in Snowpiercer, so it makes oh, more sense. Yeah. I enjoy doing this show for the, well for many reasons, but for one of them that we can pick up on those little cons- consistencies. Because I would never think to look for things like that. But now watching the movies so closely together, I'm like, hey, more drop kicks. <laughs> you know, more yeah. dogs and more uh, smells and whatever it is that he does. But... Dojun also tries to kick off the side mirror on the other side of the car, uh, but he falls to the ground. Meanwhile, Mother is having her fingers sewed up while calling her son frantically. At the golf course, Dojun collects balls from the golf balls from the puddle. The action is stopped as a golf cart passes by. Jintae runs after the cart with a stick and com- commandeers the cart. Hard cut to the police station. I just want to say that whole bit with the golf course the fighting when i was saying earlier about american movies like if they if they if the characters in many american movies behave the same way as like foreign films especially asian it would come off as kind of silly and this was that's one of those scenes because it turned into chaos so fast everyone not just that it starts off hilarious because the golfer is wearing this ridiculous outfit of like what a golfer would wear in the like 1920s like, that's what's funny about it. he's got the little poof ball on he's his got hat. the poof ball hat and he's the, got stockings and, the, and, the vest, and, the... and like and they're all screaming and throwing dirt at each other and like just pushing each other and shoving each other and they're screaming and cursing at each other and they're wearing these outfits like clowns like it felt like something like out of a rodeo and like i do get the intention and he wanted it to be funny but he also wanted to create like dramatic chaos for for the story yeah. whereas like a lot of american movies it's like they I don't know, they've, I've maybe taken it in a stupid direction. Like, a lot of slapstick in American movies, you know, may have just not landed as well. But I loved that moment. Hard cut to the police station. Dojun and Jin Tae are being questioned. The golfers want compensation for the car mirror. 
The scene is tense, but controlled until one of the golfers calls Dojun a retard, at which point Dojun attacks them. At this moment, mother walks in. Um, We have to (laughs) note here that uh, Dojun is mentally uh, challenged. They don't outright say what it is he has, but you know right from the get-go that he, a big part of this movie, um, and I don't know how much of this is inspired by real life because like a lot of this felt very real but do june is like you know him being clearly some he's even slightly mentally challenged is like a i mean that's the crux of his character it's kind of like the thing that keeps him it triggers him and it's obviously something that's yeah um, well we'll find out more about all this later at home mother is feeding her son do june tells her to stop the conversation switches from girls to the bends Dojun says that it was, quote-unquote, revenge, though we do not know for what. Mother blames the entire situation on Jin Tae and tells Dojun to stay away from him. Dojun agrees, but gets up, saying he is going to see Do- uh, Jin Tae, which was pretty funny. Yeah. He's like, yeah, I won't see him anymore. Where are you going? To go see him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mother chases her son down the street, trying to give him medicine. Mother catches up to find Dojun peeing on a building, which just pee before you leave. Like, I don't get it. Well, uh, it's more, I think it's just more insinuation that he's not, you know, he's not entirely, not that he's not entirely there, but he's, you know. Yeah. Uh, he leaves and mother cleans up the mess as best as she can. That was pretty gross though. Yeah. Dojun is extremely drunk at the Manhattan, a bar in the town. That's the name of it, the Manhattan. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jin Tae, meanwhile, is blowing off his friend to receive, to retrieve a golf club he placed in the puddle earlier. The restaurant owners have had enough and kick Dojun out. On his way home, Dojun follows a schoolgirl, Moon Ah Jung, Moon Hee Ra, to an abandoned house. Dojun throws a golf ball at the girl. But when she turns down a dark alleyway, Dojun walks in the other direction. A rock comes barreling toward him. He stares at the rock for a moment, then continues home. Or does he? Dun, dun, dun. In, in his boxers, he crawls into bed with mother and goes to sleep, which, that's gross. Uh, I know the movie's building, well, a lot of the beginning of the movie's building the relationship. It's building the very very close relationship between well, her yeah, cleaning, she's literally feeding him at a certain point cleaning up his you know cleaning up his urine you know what i mean and he's crawling to bed with her so i think they the these kind of scenes are pivotal for just to, to show this relationship and why it becomes the story becomes what it is yeah it's um showing their codependency on one another it's Absolutely. just uh it still could be disturbing though you know oh no i'm not saying it's not i just it's <laughs> yeah very um very unique setup um Ah Jung's body has been found at, uh, at the roof of the abandoned house. The detectives can't remember the last murder case in town. Yeah, which uh, is so, good for them, right? Yeah, so this is where the story takes a shift, you know, finding... What a twist. What a twist. Um, so, yes, Moon Ah Jung has been murdered. And uh, now this is where the memories of murder, uh, you know, universe murder. kind of... Murder? Kind of comes uh, collides um mother is at her store with a friend slash investigator going over 
uh, inventory. But once again, Mother's focus is on Dojun across the street. The police show up and arrest Dojun. Mother chases after the police car. The officer is so fixated on what on Mother that he does not see an oncoming truck. The car is hit. Everyone inside is all right, but Dojun reveals that he is in handcuffs to Mother. At the police station, Dojun is alone at the interrogation room making shadow puppets. In walks a police officer who tells Dojun to remove his pants. The cop has Dojun bite on, on an apple. The cop kicks the apple from Dojun's mouth, setting the tone. Um, yeah, that whole scene was very interesting because uh, there was a line, I didn't write it down, but he's like, this isn't torture. He's like, this is just part of whatever, part of the situation. He's like, I'm, he's like, I'm going to take off my pants too to, so you feel comfortable. Yeah, um, no, it kind of reminded me of Memories of Murder. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is Bong Joon-ho commenting on police in general and saying, Absolutely. You've, come, you've come a distance, but you're still like not that much better. Yeah, it's you know, weird. You're not going to kick the person you're interrogating anymore, but you'll like intimidate them to think that you will. Well, this is the second movie where, you know, he's got police force using like scare tactics almost. They're really just these in- intimidating and I know that that's, like you said, like the way you put it, it was great because it's, it's it's police, it's a commentary on police force. I mean, and it's just like- Well, it's the it's third a, movie really because uh, the host had some pretty brutal police as well. Oh yeah, that's that's true. I just- They're I, pretty stupid in that movie too. Yeah. Right. It's- um, He does not have, Pong does not have a high opinion of police. No, it's just, and it's very unique that he keeps putting it into his movies the way he does. The thing with the apple is very unique. Um, like you said, he, he sets the tone. Um, the other detectives enter the room. The police know that Dojun was at the Manhattan and was quote unquote, like a dog in heat. The detective then takes out a golf ball found at the scene of the crime with Dojun's name on it. The detectives are skeptical Dojun committed the murder. One detective even says that Dojun has never been a bad kid. Dojun immediately interjecting saying, I can be bad. Yeah, con- this is when yeah. you know that like, don't stop don't talk <laughs> what yeah i like that you can't really at this point in the movie you can't really trust anybody you have no. to believe that you know he's innocent and then this time you're like you're speculating all kinds of things you know? well that's the brilliant thing about this line at this moment like the detectives you kind of think he is innocent oh of course you have no and reason then he not says to. something like that and you're like and even the detectives I, they don't say it outright they're skeptical of him having committed this but that line he dug his own grave mm-hmm. when you say something like that and then you agree to sign a confession letter mm-hmm. so that's the next that's the next line a confession letter is taken out and handed to dojun it's really it, it's and this is the point in the movie where i realized oh this is going to be like a twin of memories of murder like this is that one scene in memories for the folks who didn't who who didn't listen it's the memories of murder there's a there's this exact plot line happens in the film we'll get to in, more of that in like a couple minutes I all right that's fine yeah, yeah. but no but like this is the moment this turning point for me where i was like okay these movies are a lot more connected than i realized there's obviously something in bong that he wants to tackle this kind of specific storyline yeah uh, but i'll finish up here uh, mother visits Dojun at prison. She needs to know if her son is a murderer. Dojun says he didn't kill Amun. She needs to know if her son is a murderer. Dojun says he didn't kill Ajung. Mother then calls Dojun an idiot for s- signing the confession. Dojun yells at his mother for calling him that. 
after the visit, mother sneaks into a cop's car and tries to exonerate her son. The cop tells mother the case is now officially closed. Yeah, rough stuff. Yeah. See, here's where we'll get into it. Just like memories of murder, the police have taken Dojun to the crime scene. They want him to replicate the murder on a dummy. The entire town is watching, and the dummy's head keeps falling off. In the crowd is mother and several other women passing out flyers proclaiming Dojun's innocence. So, again, just like memories of a murder, this is what uh, I was saying earlier. I feel like Bong Joon-ho is commenting, saying, yeah, the police may be a little better, but they're still doing the old tactics here. And not only that, they're, they've went from intimidating to almost comical. They're, Absolutely. Their dummy keeps popping, like the head keeps popping off. It's funny. Yeah. The fact the that cr- you have to bring people to a crime scene to replicate it, it's weird and it's yeah. kind of comical. And they make they make note of it because it keeps happening and like the crowd keeps gasping, especially when they bring it to the roof and it falls and it's dangling and it's kind of like you're drawing attention to it. You know what I mean? Like he very clearly wants to show that these guys are incompetent or and that they're you know, I mean, there's it's not what what it seems, you know. It's and that's why I said it's like you can't really trust anyone. You don't really know everyone's motive. You big dumb idiot. <laughs> um all right. Mother then goes to Ah Jung's funeral. The family takes umbrage that she has attended, and more egregiously, she shouts that her son is innocent. Read the room, lady. Um, <laughs> she is thrown out of the cemetery. Yeah, that's a crazy. That was a crazy scene. The way that escalated. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. Read the room. Like <laughs> you're at this girl's funeral. Oh, it, yeah, it got bad. She got slapped in the face. She got thrown <laughs> out of a cemetery. Yeah, it's bad. She is thrown out of the cemetery and goes to a buffet to see the lawyer. Kang Siok Ho, Mo Young Il. Dan, I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> That's as close as we're going to get. No, it's good, man. The meeting quickly, quickly shifts to the prison where Kong meets Dojun. Mother asks her son to use the Temples of Doom to remember every detail about that night. The Temples of Doom is when Dong Jun rubs his temples on his head to help him remember. I just like that it's called the Temples of Doom because right, yeah. it's like a spot on homage to uh, Temple of Doom. It's very, yeah, it's, it's very clever. Yeah. All Dong Jun can remember is that Jin Tae was the one who kicked off the Ben's mirror. This act repels the lawyer, but Mother begins to suspect that Jin Tae may have said up her son. She breaks into Jin Tae's house and finds a golf club with what she suspects to be blood. Ooh, to be blood on the head. Jin Tae then comes home with his girlfriend Mi Na. Chun Woo Hee. Mother hides in the closet until the couple falls asleep. She literally watches them bang. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Very sexual. That's the close-up of the eye. What was so interesting to me is uh, she took off her shoes before she like went into the house. She's not carrying her shoes in like her pocket or anything. Right. So Jin Tae and Mina didn't see her shoes on the floor and go, huh, wonder who these are. She didn't take the shoes in with her. She had to have. I don't think she did. I'd I have mean, to fact I could be wrong. That. I would have to rewatch that sequence, but I think she left them by the door. <laughs> I'm picturing um how it should have ended. I don't know if you've seen those little YouTube. Yeah. Bits. Yeah. 
and it's them it's him walking in and he's with the girl and like you know where they start making out and looks over and it's like whose shoes are those he's like yo what the hell and he opens the closet and sees her sitting there and then you know she puts up like a, a thumbs up sign and it's just like the end you know what i mean hey guys what's going on <laughs> mother hides in the closet until the couple falls asleep in the rain storm mother carries the club to the police station they find that the head of the golf club had lipstick, not blood, on it. A meeting is held between Kong and Mother, how, however, in a karaoke bar, not an office. Notable Bong Joon-ho karaoke in this I scene. was going to say, notable karaoke. Kong is surrounded by women and business partners who are passed out drunk. The conversation starts with how amazing Korea winning the 2002 World Cup was and how quickly 2006 and Germany taking the prize came. Kong's point is that he could get Du Jun four years in a hospital instead of 17 years in a prison. Four years goes by like that. That was... Um, and in reality, it does go by. Really no, quickly. it does. But I'm not that saying was... that she should have gave in. I'm just saying, you know, four years in... I look back four years and I'm like, holy shit, where'd that No, it's, it's true. It always flies by. But that was a very pivotal scene because... In a sense, the lawyer's not really wrong. Like he was like, because he, but he's berating her. He's drunk, and he's like, look at the. He's like, he's like, be you know, be realistic, yada yada yada. And but and in a sense, he's not wrong. It's like, yeah, getting him four years for this situation, getting him four years in a in a in an institution or whatever is definitely more reasonable than seventeen years in in actual prison. But at the same time, it's his like whole demeanor and his whole like. Like I said, I came berating at him, like almost like mocking her. It's, you know, it, it's not just that he's almost there. See, her watching him just like drunk, surrounded by women and business partners. It's almost like he's celebrating this victory, right? When he's in reality asking this mother, who clearly has dependency issues on her son, right, to give him up for four years for a crime she doesn't think he committed. Correct. Yeah. It's, and it's very, the whole scenery of that, like you could have done stage that scene differently, but like you said, the fact that he's drunk, you know, karaoke, and he well, sings a song. Yeah, you know what at, I mean? it's, toward the, at the end of their meeting, like toward the end of their meeting, he thinks it's done and he starts right. doing karaoke and she's just sit, <laughs> sitting there left to do a sake bomb. Like, she couldn't even handle it. She just started chugging and she's like, it's just this incredibly poignant way that you have this these worlds collide and it's just like everything sucks like everything in this world sucks like everyone is terrible when mother gets home she finds an irate jintae already there playing at a computer jintae says mother owes him five thousand dollars woof yeah golf clubs are real expensive back then <laughs> mother gives jintae what little she has and begins to cry sympathetically jintae says he too feels that dojun got, got screwed by the police but that mother should stop crying and do something the investigation begins with mother listening to the acupuncture clients. This leads this leads her to Ajun's classmates. The kids reveal that Ajun's nickname was Rice Cakes because she would have sex with people for rice cakes. I Again, guess everybody's. I mean, sorry, I just wanted to say in the moment you think it's like kind of a throwaway line and like kids just being mean. That's part of. You're like, oh, she's like in eighth grade. Like in reality, are they really like? I, I feel like that was just talk and like a rumor that ended in a nickname, but it has so much yeah. more meaning later on. That's part of what I was saying before about like these scenes that kind of like, you don't know if you really need them, but they're clearly important. Yeah. And it's, um, 
that's how I felt about West because it's a, I mean, West is more, it's dialogue, more dialogue driven in that sense where you're like, it doesn't feel relevant, but then you realize that it's building to bigger things. But when mother goes to prison to talk to her son, Dojun appears with a black eye. Other inmates were calling him retarded. Mother always taught him to fight back. The real bombshell is what Dojun remembers. His temples of doom have unlocked the, rep- uh, the repressed memory of mother attempting to kill and poison him. Yeah, rough stuff for mother. Yeah, really rough stuff. Uh, she screams bloody murder. She confesses that it was supposed to be a murder-suicide. Grabbing acupuncture needles from her bag, she shouts that she can help Dojun forget the bad memory. She's the only one who knows the spot on her son's thigh that can help forget. Dojun tells his mother never to visit him again. Um, this was a, I, I loved, and I'll, I'll save all of it for my final, for our final discussion, but like this movie just kept turning. Like it really, this was another pivotal turning moment. Cause you really think in the beginning, it's just going to be about this one crime and this one, is he innocent? Is he guilty? And then it just keeps shifting and you realize it's not, you know, like yeah. memories. It's not really about the crime. It's about the, this twisted world of these, that these characters live in. Um, Heartbroken, Mother goes into the attic and finds a picture of young Dojun. She brings the photo to her friend, Mison, by John John Mison. Very original name. Please, uh, as always, forgive the the butchering of the Korean language. Mison runs a printing shop and knows Photoshop. A flashback starts of Ah Ajun and her friend Moon Ah Jung. He, Ray, Ray Moon. This is the first time we really see her, right? There, yeah. Wait, Moon is, Ajung is the one who got murdered. Yeah. So a flashback starts of Ajun and her friend, Moon Ajung, played by He Ra Mun. Before the murder, Ajun wanted photos from her cell phone printed. Yeah. So they got some. Uh, Again, you would think that's a throwaway line, mm-hmm. but it has a deeper meaning, as we'll get into. This is what I was saying when it's truncated because you're about to go, wow. But in a very abridged version, Mother discovers with the help of Jin Tae that Ah Jun had affairs with many men. In order to ensure her own safety, Ah Jun took pictures of every man in her cell phone. Mother quickly realizes that the phone must be with Ah Jun's grandmother, Kim Jin Gu. Through trickery, Mother retrieves the phone at the bottom of a rice bowl. She takes the pictures to Do Jun in prison, and they go through the pictures. Do Jun identifies Elder, Lee Young-sun, as being at the abandoned house the night of the murder. Elder owns a junk shop and even gave Mother an umbrella earlier in the film. So we can expand on that whole thing a little bit because I really truncated it. No, that's a good way you put it. Yeah, so mother in order to find all this information out you know she tricks uh ah june's friend and then there's a crazy interrogation scene where jin tae uh yeah jin tae kicks the teeth out of a kid really intense stuff we don't need to go too heavy into it because i didn't want to drag out the no but this and like i just said like the movie keeps changing shifting and it's like this was another it just kept building like i just didn't know where they were going with it and it's just yeah by the time you get here and it's like they call back to the man with the umbrella and it's like just to you know reiterate from earlier um there was a scene like i earlier it was when she was leaving it was raining and she was leaving the she was leaving the prison was it that i don't know or was she leaving the detectives? I think she was leaving the detectives. Yes, office. she was. 
and if she just takes a umbrella from this guy's wagon and and then you see that she goes to pay him so it shows that even though she's gotten away with taking it she still has her integrity i guess like you know giving him money but that even revealing that man's face to the audience was obviously pivotal because they yeah. you know comes back obviously comes back mother goes to the junk house under the pretense that she is a volunteer acupuncturist Elder says this would be good for him as he has seen something he shouldn't have. Elder shares his perspective of the night of the murder. He says Dong Jun threw a rock at Ah Jun's head, panicking. Mother bashes Elder over the head with a wrench. The camera lingers on Mother's blood-stained face. Coming to her senses, Mother screams and tries to clean the bloody floor. Realizing this will not work, she then begins to light the building on fire. In a daze, mother climbs up the hill into a forest and falls asleep. It's really so, something. We found out Dojun did kill that girl. That was a great scene because they showed the same night, but just from a completely different point of view. Yeah, it has a very Rashomon vibe to it because it's like, I don't know who to believe. Correct. And I love, I love that about, I mean, though, you and I have talked about off camera. It's just like how, for me, it's like, I love ambiguity in films when it's done well. Like the older I get, the more I'm like, I really like stories being left up to their own devices. So to see this one point of view where Dojun walks away and it's weird because from that first point of view, the, the, the rock kind of stumbles out from the shadows. Yep. And he walks away. So you're like, okay. I'm like, I, whatever. I guess he's trying to fend him off. But then once you see that she called him an idiot or called him a retard or whatever it was, and then that triggers him, that whole circle comes back that he doesn't like being called names. And so it's like, you know, just the way it escalated. And he didn't, obviously, you know, you don't get the idea he didn't mean to kill her, but he threw this rock and I'm like, holy shit. So I love that it just, this perspective of just a dude with, who sells umbrellas, you know what I mean? He's yep. just a junk junk collector, you know what I mean? It's just, it, oh man, that was... But that's why I'm inclined to believe him more than Dojun's perspective. Of course. Because why would this guy who has literally nothing to lose be lying about what he saw that night? Exactly, why? But then why? again, it's also called into question because his picture was on uh, Jun's cell phone so did they have sex did well he- that's yeah i mean there's some there's a lot to to question because maybe he knows because even he knows because he right before she knocks him out and then beats him with the wrench um he says he's like it doesn't matter the police got the right guy anyway so he for all he all we know he could have been he could have thought he would be a suspect he could have thought he'd be involved you know what yeah. i mean so again like brashman's a great example uh, a great uh, comparison because it's there's so much to be discussed and yet there's no clear answer and that's part of what makes this wonderful. But we should also I would be remiss to bring up um, the fact that mother killed someone in the scene. She right. literally killed for her son knowing that he is probably guilty of murder himself. Right. Her son, like it's confirmed now that her son probably had killed this girl Right. And to protect him, she killed the witness. Right. She literally killed for her son. <clears throat> and it calls into her morality. Like last time she saw her son, or 
just a few times ago, she was told to get the fuck out because she tried to kill him. Right. You know, she's this, I mean, I don't know. This is not the first time she's thought about killing someone, obviously. So I don't know. She went from trying to kill her own son to killing for her son. It's, it shows how, it shows how how mentally unstable these characters truly are because they're, you know, it's just very interesting that you get the idea that will not get the idea. You know, that, this woman has killed someone, but now the idea that her son has most likely killed someone, it, it makes the characters more similar in that way where they kind of have that detachment from, from reality in that sense that like they'll, they're so desperate to, you know, for, for whatever, just justice or for, they're you not, know, they don't want justice. They it's want not even just what they want and they're going right. to get what they want no matter what, how hard or what they exactly to do that's what kill. i was driving at whatever the motive is they're both desperate enough that they would kill even if they you didn't think that they were capable of that and that's that that's why that moment is so yeah and brick killed the guy <laughs> brick <laughs> killed him stabbed him in the heart with a trident i've been um, meaning to talk to you about that <laughs> you probably wanted from probably want to lay low for a while um i'll also make a note that this brings us full circle to the scene to the beginning of the movie she walks into the field and that's yeah the same opening shot but i could be wrong i didn't make a note of it i feel like she's wearing red in the sequence where in the beginning she was wearing blue i did not make note i just i didn't i didn't make note of that i just noticed that the shot the scenery was the the same so i don't know if maybe one was like a dream in her head or if it's supposed to be the exact event that leads up to it but it is the same wheat field that she's yeah it's the same wheat field i'm just saying i think there is a costume change that is that means something colors and fonts in home movies always mean something i'd be very curious to look to see that for myself but i thought that was very interesting that they brought us back to that point because i don't know but um anyway but anyway anyway meanwhile Meanwhile, under Meg Griffin's bra. Um, <clears throat> the next day, Mother is back in her shop cutting wheat. The detective shows up and tells Mother that the real killer, JP, has been apprehended. Um, I don't know if you made a note about JP earlier. That was one of the people mentioned uh, from J. Um, yeah, he was mentioned late. Uh, 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 Jung or the, the girl's phone. He was mentioned as crazy JP, they were calling him. Yeah. Um, the real killer, JP, has been apprehended. Bloodstains matching Ajuns were found on JP's shirt. So Mother- then there's this another twist thrown in right. there that calls into question who, like, did this kid really kill her? Like, we don't, we don't even know. I know. It's really... We, we never really get a clear answer. Anyway. It's, it's great. I mean, I'll save it for the end, but Mother visits... Excuse me. Mother visits JP in prison. She can only muster the strength to ask JP one question before she breaks down completely. She asks if he had parents. Seeing mother's pain, JP tells her not to cry. The guards take JP away. The weight Um, of that question is not like, do you have a family? The question is, do you have a mother that will fight for you as hard as I just fought for my son? Because I think she thinks that her son truly did kill the girl. And if JP's mother is as ferocious as she was, she will discover that. 
Right. And that's why it's very, like you just put it perfectly. It's not that she says, do you have a family? She says, do you have parents? And he's just so mute. He's so like, his, he's expressionless. He's completely blank. And so when she's like, you can see she's fighting back tears and she's like, do you have a mother? And when he's like, no, it's just like, it's more for, it's way more for her than it is for him. She's asking for herself. It's really just, um, yeah. It's, uh, I don't know. It brings a line to question as to what, what, what lengths would a mother go to protect her son? And I don't know. It's, it's a very unique way of, of wrap, wrapping this up. Um, Dojun is let out of prison, but no one is there to take him home. He begins to walk until Jintae and Mina pull, pull up next to him, <laughs> in which they have a cake. They have a... Uh, yeah, they sing "Happy Birthday" in a in the in the tune of "Happy Birthday." Uh, you know, "Happy Release from Jail." You know, it's very interesting. They pull up in the car. Um, on their way back into town, they make a detour to the burned down junk house. Back at home, Do Jun and mother eat. Do Jun has been thinking about why JP moved Ah Jun's body to the roof. He believes it is so someone would find her and call for help. They go to bed. Only this time, they are not face to face. Just a note about the body on the roof was Jin Tae's monologue about when, when mother finds him on the computer in her home mm-hmm. and, he, and it's raining outside and he makes that monologue about like, would someone put her up on the body where the whole town can see? And this kind of calls back to that moment. Yeah, not just that though. The subtext is also, she thinks her son at this point killed the girl. Right. So he's kind of explaining his, mes- his thinking method. Right of why he put her up there to his, to his mother. And clearly he killed her, so I'm not taking that away from him. It's just he seems to be explaining he put her up there because he thought someone would find her and call the police. Right, because clearly what he did was an accident. Yeah. So it's very interesting. The reason I compare it to Jay Tins, Jin Tae's monologue is because of that comparison where he's seeing it from a murderer's perspective you're going to just put her on display he even uses those words it's like put her on display for the whole town to see like it's a sick thing like it's a kind yeah, of yeah. a whereas whereas um do june's point of view is like why would someone do this they would do it so that people would see and call for help so it's like it's the same situation but it's that different point of view um yeah. man it's good um they go to bed only this time they are not face to face at a bus station, Do Jun sees mother off on a trip. Um, before, this is yeah, very mirror, very much a mirror in the beginning of the movie when um, Do Jun is the one getting on the bus. And yeah. now it's the mother getting on the bus. But before she leaves, Do Jun hands mother her acupuncture kit he found in the rubble of the junk house. Nothing is said aloud. I that This is almost was, a situation of you got me and I got you and we're not going to say anything. It was so, it's like, how could you forget this? And it's all burnt up. And I was like, holy smokes. Like, no pun intended. I was like, yo, <laughs> holy, <laughs> smokes. holy smokes. That's a great whole, yeah, that whole scene, this whole ending. Mother walks onto the bus nearly in tears. As the ride moves forth, every woman is dancing in the aisles. Uh, meanwhile, she's, you know, sitting all looking out the window by herself. Mother takes out the kit and places a needle in her thigh. She then stands and joins in the dance. And it's the same song from the beginning. of the. Movie. I just wanted to note earlier in the prison, she, when uh, Do Jun commented that he remembered that she tried to kill him, she said, I know the perfect spot on your thigh 
to right. you of your memories. This is the callback. And that's the callback. She's literally sticking it in the spot so that she can forget or move past what has happened. It's really wild. It's really... I guess as soon as she was pulling up her skirt, I'm like, oh, she's going to do it. And as soon as she did, and then the music kicked in, uh, I mean, that's the end, by the way. I didn't say the end, but just yeah, that yeah. final shot of the sun setting in the back and the bus and all these women dancing and she gets lost in the crowd. And it's it's just kind of crazy to me that she stands up and dances with a needle in her thigh. But hey, who am I to judge? As always, this uh, we are we will roll out our the awards. Uh, roll them up. We're rolling uh, to for those who have not been listening, or for those who have been. Uh, where here's a reminder: we have best or worst character, followed by best genre bend. It's the change in genres. Worst uh, for the lower class, as these movies love the lower class. Um, best twist, and of course, best metaphor. So, Stephen, I don't know if you would like to take it away and kick us off. Sure. For best or worst character, I went with Mother. I feel like it's the simple answer, but... Best or worst? Both, I guess. I think that she's just such an interesting, complex person and straddles that line between good and evil. I, I think I'm, I'm leaning toward best just because of how complex and like you know her but you don't know her by the end and that to me is always the more interesting character because it's a study of her this whole movie is just a study of her and even leaving it you are you don't know how to feel and to me that's so interesting that's the best kind that's the best kind of character development is when someone is not so black or white it's kind of just like it's and that's, I'll, I'll segue that into my pick because I thought of choosing Mother in my head. She was a runner-up. But I actually went with Jin Tae for, the, for similar reasons you did because he, I hated that character right up until I loved him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a little more... kicking kids' teeth, man. Oh, yeah. He's a little more of a... like more, If Mother is a, an entirely gray area character, Jin Tae is definitely black, black and white because in the first half of the movie, you really hate the guy. I, I mean, he's really between him ditching uh, Dojun and between, you know, once mo- him for kicking in the mirror. Yeah. And- you know what I mean? He's clearly just a kind of a piece of shit in the beginning. And then it's like, once mother suspects him, I was really glad it didn't go in this direction, but you thought it was going to be a conventional murder thing. And then he shows up in the house, like give me $5,000. And I was like, don't tell me he's the bad guy. Like, don't, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? That would have been too easy. So and I hated the character and I was like shaking my head. I was like, this, this, this motherfucker but as it progressed i i got that he had his own motives even if we didn't really understand them like he wants money but like he's got his own life he's got his girlfriend whatever yep. and so that moment at the end in the third act when mother pays him to interrogate the kids and he like does it no problem and he it's not just that he does it for no problem though but you could tell that he in those final moments you see him that he does care about dujin dujon in his own way he just he is he, a very you know he, he doesn't consider dujon dujon his like equal by any stretch of the imagination but he cares about what happens to him and he doesn't think that he was done right by being put in prison that's why that line is pivotal early for him when he says um yeah Do, uh, dojun was screwed they, they really screwed him you know what i mean because like 
you, you, he, because when he says to mother, when that the scene with the computer and she catches him, he's like, yeah, he's my friend, whatever, I care. I, I almost saw it as he was like dangling that over mother, like, oh, well, I'm a good guy. I care for your son. Yeah. Whereas at the end, he's actually willing to like beat the shit out of some kids because to get information he, to help exactly yeah. so he was both my best and worst because of that rounded now, character he was, development he was my runner-up um i couldn't deny i just loved i ended up i hated and then i ended up loving the character yeah so what is your best genre band this is a little tricky um yeah while this we're, one while, is the most tricky of the bunch while we're on um jintae interrogating the school kids it kind of became like um an action thriller kind of a very it went hard and violent for that scene especially with the, the kicking out the teeth and the just i don't know it got very yeah. violent so that really changed for me um but i guess like going from like a heavy drama to like more of a mystery thriller was i guess the cops interrogating uh dojun with the apple felt more it felt it felt exactly like memories of murder which totally feels like a different movie than mother because memories of murders is consistently dark and it's a it's a cop drama, but it's also like it's it's very thrilling throughout, and it's very gritty. And Mother's very just it's an intense drama. It's very not that it's lighter, but it's it's just different. So, but the, with the cops interrogating, it's like can, I felt like it felt very uneasy because it's just taking off the pants and the apple, and it was just very. Um, yeah, I that's guess a good one. I guess thrillers. That's the moment it was going. But uh, yeah, books at home. Yours to me, I. I it almost has like a, he does what he does, Bong Joon-ho does in this movie what he does in Parasite, which is flips what the movie genre is completely in a certain sequence. And I think that the moment in this movie was when uh, Mother and Jin Tae had their night meeting and Jin Tae is like, if you don't like what the police and lawyers are doing, do something yourself. Mm-hmm. And the movie at that moment just flips into... Uh, I don't know, murder she wrote almost, you know, like... It was it was a good turning point. Mother literally becomes the person investigating... She goes into the person investigating the murder completely. So, I mean, obviously the movie flips again when she kills the guy, but to me that was, like, the most interesting flip because for a good, like, I want to say 15, 20 minutes, you have some a completely different movie. Mm-hmm. Because it's not just that one moment. Like, it's not just that one sequence. It spans, like, probably 15, 20 minutes of the entire movie of a flip. She's interrogating kids, which leads her to finding uh, June's friend and, like, commenting on her poop phone, like, swirly thing. And yeah. can you turn my phone into a perverted thing? Oh, wait, I have my period. You know, it's like... Yeah, she, yeah, she becomes her own detective, and the movie... The movie's tone definitely changes at those points. So. Yeah, so that's mine. Uh, uh, so tell the folks moment for worst the moment for the class. lower class. Yeah, uh, I think I'm gonna go with the sequence of Kong, the lawyer at the bar. We talked about it at length, so I won't like talk too much about what we said. But his condescension on Mother and Do Joan. Because he, to him, he's celebrating. He's literally like, you guys, like, I just got a huge win. Like, four years in a hospital, not even a prison. Take that deal. And Mother's like, no, he didn't do it. Mm-hmm. So 
but to him, you know, it, it kind of, to me, it was classist because he's well, saying because like, it puts the perspective so clearly at a different place, you know? Yeah, no. And it's almost in America right now, there's a huge problem of people confessing to crimes that they didn't commit because it's easier to plead guilty than to pay to fight. And that's what it's about, money for the lawyer. So the only reason the lawyer doesn't want to fight for them is because he, maybe he sees it as a losing case, but he also sees them as lesser people. He doesn't think that they have the money to sustain his bills. So what's the point? It's not a long-term investment. And for him, like you said, like uh, just piggybacking what you're saying, it's like for him, a win in his eyes is still a, a, a complete loss. For the yeah. other other side, it's like almost like why it's like you should see my point of view because I'm right. And meanwhile, it's like he's living in such a different territory of class that you know it's almost impossible to agree with him unless you're someone who's on that platform. It's just showing that mother is and her mother and, uh, and the son, but really mother is the representation of the class, and that is the the pivotal scene where you see just how different they are. Yeah. So that was my pick. What's your um, pick? I actually went with the um, Ah Jung's uh, grandmother's house at the end. It was a moment because That's mother, because yeah. mother is the representation of the lower class. You realize that pretty early on. She is, I mean, she's you know doing acupuncture on the side, and they're you know it's a little sketchy, and like it just keeps building. You see, like, oh, she's the lower class. So you she finds out about Ah Jung and sleeping with these boys and taking pictures of them in her phone. And then once it gets to the, her grandmother's house, just when you think you can't really get any more. Um, Depraved. Yeah. Like it's just like the, the image of poverty. It's, I mean, aside the junk collector was one of my runner ups, but I didn't think there was enough to go. Like that character was so minimal that I didn't think there was, a, even though it was, it's pivotal for this category. I think that the grandmother is, is a better well, choice. To piggyback of what you're saying, I feel like the junk guy, Elder, he doesn't really have a name. Yeah. Um, I don't want to say he was content, but he seemed like okay with his living situation. Yeah, where the was grandmother not... was like trying to get ahead, but just couldn't, and it crushed her. You know. Yeah. Oh, and that was that's the, that's kind of what I was building to is like you see mother who's in this desperate state the whole movie, and you're like, wow, she's really at the lowest point that people can get, and you see the grandmother, and it's like she's she's almost practically homeless like she's like kind of and she's so distraught and she's talking about her granddaughter and the phone and hiding the phone in the rice and like it's such a small bit not only that in the beginning of the movie when the police find uh ajun's body they talk about they know who this girl is and they know that the grandmother is i i think the quote was she's a loon yeah she people know that she is crazy and downtrodden it's a reminder, and this is where Parasite comes in, like you were alluding to earlier. It's kind of like, you think that it's bad, and then you see that you peer back the layer, and you're like, oh, it's actually worse. Like, these people have it the worst, but then it actually gets worse than that. Oh, layers. Lay- <laughs> oh, you have layers. Um, you know, like an onion. This is whole thing's like an onion. How about a nice parfait? <laughs> parfait. Um, anyway, uh, best but no, twist. Yes, uh, best twist. Take it away. I went with uh, Do Jun killing Ah Jun. I feel like that oh, twist yeah, really yeah, yeah. took me for a whirl because, again, 
they, they don't the movie doesn't tell you who actually killed her because it's left in an ambiguous state but to so me good. it seems kind of like he did it it so makes the most sense it makes the most sense uh i know blood was found on jp's uh clothing but they were also together correct so i'm not saying and they had a very contentious relationship as the movie also said so well, it's very condescending to like him even in in being a non-sexual character they're like oh i don't remember the line but he said they say something like, never even saw her panties and like yet like you still w- went after her you know what i mean like it's like yeah, oh yeah. like people were like degrade this character and so for like this moment with the well, rock they said like jp thought he was oz um boyfriend but mm-hmm. in reality should she didn't care about him at all so right it got contentious and I'm not saying that it's easy for her blood to get on his stuff. I'm just saying it's easier to believe that maybe they got into, maybe he hit her. And that's why she was ready to print out pictures and stuff. Mm -hmm. Then it is that this old man would lie about seeing Dojun kill this girl. Like we speculated, like he could have motive, but the movie doesn't insinuate nearly enough evidence to support. He was drunk. And as they say, he was quote like in heat and clearly he was just very like charged and has a temper so right if and we don't see the whole truth so it's very possible she called him an idiot or something and he snapped because that's believable because the whole movie builds to these very clear cases where he's called retard or idiot and he snaps yeah and again i'm not saying that and he kind of confesses at the end, we talked about this before, that he kind of gives away the motive of why he put her on the roof. Mm-hmm. It was an accident that he killed her. He didn't mean to kill her. I'm not saying that it absolves him of the crime, but he didn't mean to kill her, but he did. And He wanted to get help. He wanted to somehow signal for help. Yeah. Anyway, that's my twist. What about you? Um, I had to go with the memory... Uh, the Temple of Doom memory of Mother mm-hmm. attempting to poison Dojun and then herself because that was a lo- that was a moment for the lower class that I was con- considering, but it was such a good twist for me because like everything before that moment it told me that oh this is a mother who's willing to do anything to protect her son, and this is a mother who wants to fight for her son. So right, so she wants in my mind watching as just an uh, average moviegoer, I'm like okay, this is a conventional story about a desperate mother who's got a very codependent relationship with her son. And then this twist comes out and she flips out because she, he's just revealed that how could a five-year-old remember this? And so what happens is, is it puts into reality how desperate these characters really are because it's like, oh, okay, like here's how the story is going. But no, she literally attempted to kill her five-year-old and then herself because she saw no way out like it was like this is our way of being free this is our way of kind of having a better life is to not have a life at all so once that reveal happened i I could never have i can never have predicted that that's where it was going yeah so it completely pulled the rug from under me um that's a good one that was my runner-up so i just i i mean there were a lot of turns in this movie which i did not expect because it's not, it doesn't play off nearly, and I'll save this more for the final discussion, but it's, it doesn't play off nearly as much as a thriller as you think it's going to be. And then it just turns up being a way more intense and out of left field than you could expect. Yeah. So best metaphor. 
I think we talked about it at length, so I'll just say it, and we don't really need to talk about it. It's it's the eyes, the way oh. Bong Joon Ho uses eyes as the device to see the truth, how he hides the truth, how uh, Do John you know has a distorted version of the truth because he's a black guy. You know, we talked about it at length, so I don't need to go too into it, but that's my pick. What about no, you? No, that's good. I went with the ac- acupuncture needles. It's a little too on the nose. No, that's good. But, but I felt like, like, how ironic is it that mother happens to know the perfect spot on the thigh that if you use a needle, you can get rid of painful memories. So you're creating pain to get rid of pain, and it's like, that to me is the most, it's, it was a small detail, but the acupuncture's came, the acupuncture needles came up enough that I knew it was going to have to mean something. I thought it was just a character trait because she's doing it on the side. She's, it's her way to make conversation with people. But when it's brought up at the very end and she does the needle to herself, this whole notion of like, oh, I'm going to stick a needle in myself to get rid of the, of the pain mm-hmm. is so ironic. So I just thought it was an, like I said, it's a very on the nose metaphor, but that's, I thought that was a no, it was good. That's good. So, so uh, I think that brings us to our final discussion. Uh, yes, yes, final discussion. I think that this is Bong Joon Ho's deepest movie. I'm not saying it's his best movie, but every shot in this movie is so meticulously crafted. Every color is so meticulously chosen. Mm-hmm. Everything in this movie just felt so like detail oriented no, no no small choice was made just because it was thrown on screen everything was so craft was crafted in a perfect way um yeah this fil- i i i realized it for me i realized it about halfway three quarters into the movie is that kind of like wes i was like i allude to like being making the bigger films not necessarily the better but the bigger um this is similar I had a similar feeling, but I felt that like halfway through this movie, I was like, this is perhaps uh, Bong Joon-ho's most personal film. Um, and until I rewatched the other movies, because here on out, I've seen all the, all the movies, but nothing feels more personal than this movie. Because I don't know, like I said earlier, I don't know if something inspired this in real life, but the fact that he used this plot point in Memories of Murder and turned it into a whole two-hour story is very interesting because it's a very realistic take on something that can happen. And like Memories of Murder, yeah, it's about a murder, but it's really, really about this. Especially this is about a estranged, uh, an estranged relationship between very dysfunctional characters. I think that... Um... He said that he used his his uh, wife and his son as a like jumping off point for this movie. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the there was no murder in his right. family. We know how much he loves murder, but there was no um, <laughs> you know murder committed from his family. But he used that love and that fearsome force between mother and uh, mother and son as a launching point for this movie where the host was the complete flip. It was mm-hmm. about a father and a daughter in that movie. So again, it's interesting just how much of a flip he's able to pull. Yeah, I mean, I just, he's, he captures codependency so well with this. Um, 
he's kind of he kind of teases that codependency with other character relationships, but not so much as he does here. Um, it's just it's a loving but clearly unhealthy relationship that they have, mother and uh, the son. And so I think he's just he takes a very relatable subject, and he he the fact that he wraps it around a crime story is very unique, you know. Yeah, that crime story is almost <clears throat> secondary mm-hmm. because this movie is more about these two people you think are like extreme. Well, you don't think you know they're extremely close. Mother's literally feeding him at one point. They sleep face to face. He's in his boxers while he sleeps. He's cleaning he's up his really piss. Gross. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. yeah. But yet, in that closeness, things get lost and secrets get made somehow. And it just the lengths in which a mother will um, go to protect her son is just staggering. And that's really the crux of this whole movie. It's not about the investigation. It's about just the darkness that could be harbored from love. Yeah. I mean, like we were saying when, you know, when they reveal that mother murdered um you know the uh the junker it's just to show that like these people aren't bad like this whole thing that they're not bad people like when he says i can be bad like you said that's a pivotal moment but it's like they're you don't believe these are bad characters but they're so desperate that they have the capability to do the bad things you know what i mean it's yeah. it show it's pushing both these characters at such extremes that the fact that their mother and son is just that much more poignant you know it's yeah so Very I think that's a rich. good spot to end the conversation. So do you have a pick of the week? Um, I do. Um, uh, despite <laughs> our, our conversations about Rashomon, it's not going to be my pick, although okay. I really wa- wanted to pick it. Um, she went with The Green Mile. Uh, Frank Darabont's The Green Mile. Uh, not, not that the movies are too similar. What triggered it was the whole... Because um, in Green Mile, he's on death row. You know what I mean? He's... Michael Clark uh, Duncan is is found at a crime scene, and it's it's very different in that sense. And then the whole movie takes place in a prison. I just think this notion of like I'm a sucker for crime, any kind of crime murder mysteries where like you're wondering if a character is innocent or not, and that's kind of what a lot of Mother did for me is where so much of this movie is like is this character innocent? But then as we were saying, it's not really about the crime at all it's just about the characters and i feel the same way about the green mile it's the same kind of thing it's this you know you want to believe he's innocent because he's clearly a, a whatever he seems like a good man and then despite how it ends it's really just about this relationship between him and tom hanks it's a relationship between him and, and the guard so it's kind of like the way it makes you think you're just watching something about someone who may not have committed a crime is actually you know about the adventures we made along the way whatever you want to say like this the it, it mother hit similar beats for me that the green mile did in that sense it almost didn't matter how it ended because yeah, I, of it was so much i was so wrapped up in everything else going on between the, the main relationship so i could see it yeah. i also feel like they use the same lut but that's just me the same what lut l-u-t yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah it's the color scheme like Oh, the same like uh, color gradient is the way that yeah that's interesting maybe that's what did it for me because it's just maybe it was the wheat fields (laughs) the wheat fields I feel like there's wheat fields I don't know man but uh, tell tell the folks at home your pick Uh, we mentioned it earlier but 
it's the perfect fit for this one. I went with Psycho, 1960, Alfred Hitchcock. There you go. Because uh, I focused on the mother-son relationship and how fucked up it can get. And what movie says that better than Psycho? Uh, A literal line from that movie is Norman Bates saying, a boy's best friend is his mother. So sometimes being that close to your mother is a you know maybe not the best thing in the world that's good that's my pick if you've never seen it it i don't know if it holds up i love it but it doesn't hold up psycho who says that oh oh my brother watched it and didn't like it at all your brother's wrong i know i know (laughs) but uh you know i guess it's because it's black and white and people don't find it as scary but this was like one of the quintessential horror movies that yeah, yeah. Been made. it's the it's the game-changing horror movie because yeah. before that you had universal monsters and which is again their own thing that's fine but you psycho up the game there's, there's no psycho set trends for a lot without psycho you almost wouldn't have halloween and therefore wouldn't have friday the 13th you wouldn't have i would say arguably like I don't even know. Ninety percent of the, the movies slasher. that came out, yeah. The slasher, the modern day uh, uh, cinematic slasher, was invented by Psycho. It's it's the godfather of slasher movies. I think that maybe I'm just def- I def- get very defensive of it because of how important it is. Which no, I understand. You're just preaching to the choir because I love it. I, I Clearly, know. I'm I recommending just, it. I, I can hear the people masturbating right now, like, oh yeah, the horror fans, like, yes, yes, more Psycho. <laughs> Squish that melon, just like because uh, that's how they made the sound in Psycho with the stabbing. They stabbed the melon. Um, I will just I add on to that real quick. I, I don't know if you've seen that film, the documentary film about the seconds and frames. It had uh, a name, seven fifty eight or something. It came yeah, out yeah. last year, two years ago, I think. Um, yeah. And it's all about the making of that scene with the melon. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. I don't care that what people say. Scene. I mean, I, I don't keep on. I don't want to keep going off track, but. Come on, we're, the, we're that, at the climax here. Yeah, I know. They, the, back in the 60s, there were censors uh, that had to go into films that came out. So Hitchcock had to go before the boards of, the, of these committees to prove that not once does the knife actually go into Janet Lee's character because they were like, this is too horrific for anyone to see right now. You can't put a woman being stabbed. And he went frame by frame saying like, you only think you saw her getting stabbed, but she never actually gets stabbed. It's brilliant. Anyway, I think that's a good place to end this episode of Mother. Uh, As always, you could follow me on Instagram at Letterbox at Mr. Philmart. Josh, where Um, can the good people find you? You can also find me on Letterbox. It's Beesh, B-E-S-H. And um, you can follow the podcast on Instagram at Who's Filmography. Next wonderful. week, we board the train. We won't, we brought up Darjeeling before, but next week we go true Darjeeling. We're going to go I on a train even, ride. Didn't even make that connection. Wow. Uh, but this time it's around the world, not just India. Yeah. Um, yes, yeah, next week will be fun. It should be a, a good train ride indeed. Choo-choo. <laughs> We will see you next time, but hopefully we get engine seats, not the tail end. Hey. Hey.